1: Your brain might just help you learn something, in more ways than one. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, straight answers without all the bull. Your host is Dr. Gary Bell. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly. But you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. Today, we're going to talk about the subject of marriage and relationships, madness, guilt, and the pursuit of loneliness. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi once said, I first learned the concept of nonviolence by my marriage. (laughs) Also, marriage is the last chance. At achieving adulthood. Now, what you may not know about marriage, and here some facts just to get us started and kind of warm things up. Here is the average American couple with kids spends four awake minutes a day alone together. Thus, we have the sixty-second man. Bridesmaids were originally dressed similar to the bride to confuse evil spirits, rival suitors, and robbers. Also, one in three marriages is low sex or no sex. And married people accumulate four times more savings than single people as adults. Now, divorced people are 77% lower in savings than singles. And over 23%, and this is sad, over 23% of all children live in poverty after divorce. They are the true victims, by the way, of divorce. And when people marry... They become one, and the real trouble begins when they try to decide which one. <laughs> so, let's get started on a little bit of education about marriage. Uh, you know, these relationships, marriage and, and long-term relationships, nobody is truly given the tools they need when they're growing up. They look at their parents. They look at uh, other people, uncles, aunts, grandmas, grandpas. But in school, they're actually never really taught how to be married. And there's a lot of horrible, horrible role models out there. And there's a lot of outdated role models out there that don't meet the times that we're in. You know, it's not the 50s. Things are very complicated. I mean... You know, as a little little boy or you know, a little kid, you're going to your dad's closet and look for the you know naked pictures in Playboy magazine. Well, now we've got the the internet where it's just right there. It's right there available, and that's a very scary thing for a marriage. It's a very difficult, and it's uh, it can cause a lot of trust issues. Also, you know, we have the smartphones, the texting, the Twitters, the Facebooks, and Facebook, you know, is a lovely, wonderful vehicle for a lot of people, but I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how many people get into a divorce situation based on Facebook, and that cause, caused a lot of damage. Reaching back into those old relationships and trying to stir things back up again can cause a lot of trouble, and one, once again, you know, if they have kids, that, that could be the real, they could be the real victims here, and they are the victims of divorce. Yeah, you know, this marriage thing and this long-term relationship thing and having children thing, these are the things that people are going to do in their life. And that in itself, I don't understand why we don't teach it. I don't understand why it's not taught in school. I don't get it. I don't understand. But here's the deal. It can be taught. And so what my goal is today is to try to give you some tools uh, this is certainly not therapy, but it's trying to give you some tools to help you uh, with your marriage. Now, let's just get the concept uh, correct here, because, you know, marriage in itself can be the loneliest place in the world. And so can a long term relationship and, and actually in the universe, because you're trapped. Uh, you're you're a victim. You're, you're with this person. And if you've got a non-cooperative partner, then it can be an extremely lonely and difficult place because morally you've got this thought process of, oh, I I don't want to be alone, but then I don't want to be with this person. And that can be a very strong uh, urge and it can cause a lot of damage. And so it's important to learn the tools of how to communicate. Communication is huge in marriage. And if people don't get that straight, and I'm not talking about just verbal i'm talking about meta communication which is your non-verbal communication huge 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 so first of all um therapy is is not a try proposition it, it, you know if you're going to do marriage marital therapy and if you're going to even work on your marriage you never want to do try try has a back door it means that I'll give a little effort, but it's all conditional. And if you don't do this, I'm not going to do that. But here's a fact. If you're going to fix a relationship and you're going to fix a marriage, it's either will or won't. And me, as a therapist, I will not work with people who do try because try gets you nothing. It's either you're all in or you're all out. If you're all out, see you later. If you're all in, let's get to work. And so bottom line is that is the attitude that people need to take when they want to fix a relationship and you know the thing is that the challenge is is that people sometimes have to get out of the box you know they have to be uncomfortable they have to maybe touch you know hold hands hug somebody that they're extremely angry and feel violated by but the fact is when you pick this partner you're not a victim and you have got to participate in the healing it can't be just one person and you know, sometimes the bottom line is to think. Over a long course of marriage, we're going to have all those wonderful feelings for our partner. Well, quite frankly, it's it's a roller coaster. There's times you don't care about them. There's times you could you could just wish they dropped over the face of the earth. There's other times you just can't wait to see them. I mean, that's just the course of a marriage. It goes through lots of up and ups and downs. So once again, if we're going to fix a marriage or keep it stable, I know this sounds strange, but sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, and that can add a lot of good times to a marriage because sometimes when we step into the unknown and take a chance and take that leap of faith, we can actually heal. So, the question is, are marriages conditional or unconditional? And quite frankly, most people think This romantic ideal that that uh, marriage is unconditional love. Well, that's a load of crap. The truth is you have to take vows to be married. The truth is if you're going to be in a committed relationship that is even not married, you still have conditions of those relationships. And now if you're married, the conditions are generally the vows. You know, in truth, you know, if you work the contract of the marriage, and try to restore the trust in that contract, what happens is the relationship or the marriage can heal. Now, I'm going to refer to marriage, but I'm going to also hope that you all will attach the idea of relationships to it, because long-term relationships also factor into this. And actually, the truth is, uh, many... Homosexual relationships, bisexual relationships, whatever whatever is going on out there relationships-wise, these tools that I'm giving are designed for those those types, all types of relationships. Now, here's the deal. If if you say, let's just say one partner violates another partner by uh, starting to talk to somebody that they, uh, you know, in an inappropriate way, that, and that's called an emotional relationship, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the, let's just say that begins to happen. Now, how do we repair that? Well, how you repair that is that person that does that, that violates by bringing that other person into the middle, needs to apologize. And they need to take action to get rid of that individual that was uninvited by the other partner into the relationship they need to also state the contract that this will never happen again and then they need to ask for their partner to give them faith that i will never do this again and therefore that partner if they can give them faith that doesn't mean they trust them but if that partner that violated does stay to the contract over time Trust will come back and that relationship will heal. Does it mean the other one's going to forgive? Well, we'll talk about forgiveness in a little bit. Some people are good at it. Other people aren't. The other thing is, uh, you know, a lot of people destroy relationships due to their own insecurities. And these insecurities can be things such as, you know, uh, I think you're having an affair. I think you're talking to somebody. I think you're doing something with somebody. Um, I'm Give me your phone or, you know, checking on every little thing they do or where are you going and, and just this constant insecurity of checking up on their partner. Well, nobody wants to marry a parent. Um, you know, bottom line is they want to be respected as a partner and as an adult. And the people that do this, this pestering, this nagging behavior, are actually destroying the relationship. But I'll tell you this. If there is no sign that your partner is having any kind of trust issue if and you're accusing them of them, what you're probably going to do is end up destroying the relationship. And here's the raw truth. Usually the accuser is the one closer to the problem. And that means if I'm if I'm going to be a person accusing my partner of an affair, I'm probably more closer to having it. And that's just human instinct. We project our own insecurities on each other. And that's unfortunate, but it happens. So here's some divorce information. If you threaten divorce, you better be ready to get one because 94 percent of the people that say I want a divorce and don't mean it are going to get a divorce over time because their partner starts to prepare for that. Over 78% of people who marry from affairs end in divorce. 88% divorce rate in the military. 84% in police and fire. And here's the real winner, 83% for escorts. That means fire and police (laughs) and the military all have a higher divorce rate than escorts. How interesting. All right, 64% divorce rate in the United States. Before a marriage commitment... You need to ask yourself, is this somebody that I can that is the love of my life or is it just a comfortable compromise? Do I believe in myself to be confident that I can get what I want? Why am I marrying this person? If there is no chemistry, you both will soon discover you made a great mistake. The the key to a long-term relationship is friends first and everybody here since, you know, the sexual revolution and probably before, they all like to jump in bed right away. But, but that just creates a weird dopamine reaction that's an antidepressant and instead of getting down to who are you and it needs to be friends first. And then there's a sexual chemistry. The also thing you need to look is how responsible, how stable financially is this person? Are they, are they medically in good condition or, you know, what is their medical background? What is their family medical background? You, you really truly need to look at these things. You don't want to marry somebody weighted down with, with a bunch of financial trouble. Uh, you don't want to, uh, you know, you look at someone's family, you know that there's some patterns in that family. So you want to also examine that. You also want to make sure they're not dependent on mommy and daddy, not living with their parents. They can support themselves. They have a passion in life, a goal, that they're not going to make your journey their journey, that they have their own and you have their own. And the truth is, in trying to find somebody to be with, you can't be desperate. You have to be secure and happy in your life, and you're probably going to have to kiss a lot of frogs. So, (laughs) we're going to move into a commercial break here. And then, what we're going to do is come back and we're going to talk about love, hate, and apathy. Thank you.
3: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life?
0: Man Is that Matt the intern? That's here Look I made this show Dude you totally made it man You were doing the Big Brother tryout today yeah. Alright 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah go ahead Matt
2: Alright let's come on Let's play drug code Where'd you learn that Cheech?
0: <whistles> drug school yeah. Are we gonna play porn and music or not? This program contains sexually explicit
2: dialogue Discretion is advised
0: Live every Saturday at 1pm Pacific time On the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel Going global with gas Man How the hell do they know they like that I got gas?
3: Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
1: You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346 9141 That's easy enough. But if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the email host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology.
2: Welcome back to the Absurd Psychology. Dr. Gary Bell here. Okay. Now we're going to jump into what, the, what is the opposite of love? A lot of people will say it's hate. The truth is that it's apathy. Apathy means I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're doing. I don't even think about you anymore. Um, pretty much I'm just done. You know, I don't the, wish the worst for you, but I don't really think about you. And that sense of apathy is very, very dangerous. And I look at that when I'm doing counseling of married couples because one of them has reached apathy. I know we're in big trouble. You know, quite frankly, I would much rather get two people cussing each other out, screaming and yelling, you know, doing their Broadway production. That means there's still feelings there. And so a sense of love is also a sense of hate. And, you know, in customer service, your worst customer is the one that's yelling at you because they're telling you how bad they need you to change. So the bottom line is... You know, we get to apathy, we're in the danger zone and we don't want to get there. So when we know we're getting there in the relationship, we want to get to counseling so that if there's are any feelings, we can try to get them back. Now, um, you know, it takes nearly a life changing event or an epiphany or whatever, something that wake up somebody to actually get them out of there. So we don't want to go there. That's a long, deep tunnel. Also, the... Uh, the other thing is to fix a relationship, we do not want to do it for the children because the bottom line is that's a very miserable experience for children to have to watch their, their, their parents in limbo just sitting there waiting to get rid of each other. That behavior is horrible role model for kids. And so it's better if you're going to do it. Stop being prideful and egotistical. Get down to work and try to get your relationship back. You're both human beings. You both have good inside you. Find that good and let's get to work. Um, you know, that once again, you have a chance at unconditional relationships with your children and, and when with dogs and cats, but I'll tell you what, when it comes to a marriage, it is a conditional and that means it's work. Now there's also a problem that some relationships are not healthy. They're toxic. And you have to look at that because if you got two alcoholics that just drink with each other, uh, if they're not ready to change their habit. One, they may just be in a suicidal relationship. You know, you also have personality disorders. Personality disorders come from child abuse. And some people have the coping skills of their, you know, five-year-old, as a five-year-old child. And they project that in the relationship. They never grow up. They never move on. And the other partner is like, you know, 45, 50 years old going, "What? what what's the deal? You, you, you've never grown up. Well, the bottom line is sometimes people can't. And uh, so you know that can be a very destructive thing, especially if they're coping with you and your children at a five-year-old uh, maturity. That needs to be in counseling so that things can get into uh, good order and communication can turn into respect. However, some personality disorders just never change. Now, um, marriage isn't a place for victims. This this you and they did this to me. Nobody did anything to you. You're responsible for your emotions. They're responsible for their emotions. I statements. I did this. I did that. Not you did this. I did this. That is more important. Taking accountability for your choices. Also accepting the person's strengths and weaknesses without the threat of change. You have to accept somebody where they're at before change can happen. And if you want change, you're going to have to be the one to change because then they're going to have to adjust to your changes. So many people want to force their partner to change. That's ridiculous. That's not why people get married. They're trying to join each other's journey in life. You don't want to change somebody. What you want them to do is adapt to your changes. And that's a much more responsible way. Also, you know, the respect in a marriage comes from the willingness to accept each other for who we are. That acceptance means we're both willing to learn each other's perception in life and not try to change it. We're trying to learn from each other. We're allowing each other to vent, to say our points of view. If we can do that in a marriage, we don't have to agree, but if we're willing to hear each other and validate, even if it's completely retarded what's coming out of their mouth, you know, bottom line is you want to be able to go, hey, I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this, you know, and, and, and here's the deal. All arguments in a relationship are trust arguments, meaning it's it's either a lack of trust from physical or emotional and, and you can't trust someone and love. It's too difficult to stay with somebody like that. It's a challenge. You, you, when you're working on a relationship, you have to work on trust. That means you have to work on the condition of your vows, your commitment to each other. And to get back to trust, you get that agreement, and then you go on faith. Now, here's the deal. Here's what a woman needs. What a woman needs universally, they need to feel cherished. If you can't get that right, I can't be the man I am without her. I don't even know why she's with me. She's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I, I can't wait to see her. She's my best friend. She's everything in my life. And it's that way when you're with her, and it's that way when you're not with her. And that cherish sounds like a lot of work, but the bottom line, it's a, it's a philosophy. You have got to get it in your head that the center of your life is your partner. And everything else in your life revolves around that partnership. And if you don't have her on the front page, a woman feels extremely vulnerable. You know, sexually, they have to take a man in. That's huge. If they think you're out doing somebody else, they're going to have some troubles because they can get diseases a lot more easier than the male can. You know, that, that's not cool. Uh, secondarily, if they're not being cherished, they're wondering who you are cherishing because gosh, well, you did it during the honeymoon phase and all of a sudden now, who are you focused on now? So they're insecure in the relationship and that's called nagging. Okay. Now what a man needs is to feel heard. That's called respect. And if a man feels heard, he feels like a man. Does that mean that the woman has to agree with him? No. What it means is she needs to validate, validate. That means I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's just reiterating what they're saying. That doesn't mean there's an agreement. But if both people, and by the way, cherish also means listening. If both people are willing to do that, then what likely happens is you're going to get two people willing to hear each other's perspective, two adults willing to compromise and find somewhere in the middle. The other thing about listening is, Is that when we are able to listen, things calm down and people enjoy being together. Now, here's something about men and women a lot of people don't understand. Men are what are called ruminative thinkers. That means they start with an idea. I want to go to, I want to go to the lake and go fishing. Okay, fine. So they start rolling around this thought and it stays in their head. They never talk to anybody. Maybe they talk to one friend or two friends about it, but they just start plotting and planning basically rolling that idea around in their head. Two weeks later, they say, hey, this weekend, can we go fishing? And the wife goes, what are you talking about? Where did this come from? That's because a woman is what's called an auditory processor. An auditory processor, and these are general statements, this doesn't mean it's every man and every woman, but generally what they have to do is they have to hear themselves talk to think. They need to hear what they're thinking. So they call their best friend, they call their other best friend, they call their mother, their cousin, their aunt, their uncle. They call whoever they can call and talk, 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 talk until finally they come to a conclusion of what they need to do, and that's called an auditory processor. Ruminative processor, male processor. Auditory processor female. That means that if a male gets an idea early on, he needs to start sharing that idea with his spouse. And there has to be a relationship where the spouse is not, is willing to listen and not go, Oh, we can't do that. They've got to be willing to listen and hear. So the deal is if both can understand how each other thinks, if a man can understand that a woman needs to process her thoughts by hearing them, and that doesn't mean he solves her problem. But what it means is he hears her. That's huge. I hear. He needs to continue to listen so that she can come to her conclusion. And by the way, the time that both of them will come to the conclusion will likely be a same, if not similar conclusion, if they love and concerned about each other. And secondarily, it takes about the same amount of time. Um, It's just having a respect for their thought process. Now, there's this thing called transactional analysis, and a lot of people don't understand that. But let's just say we have two people. Let's get a visual. We have what's called a parent, adult, and a child. And then we have on the other side, a parent, adult, and a child. Two people. Now, what happens in most marriages that are not going well? One goes, you did this, blah, 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 blah. And the other one goes, how dare you talk to me like a child? You're not my parent. This is what they're thinking inside. And then they go, well, how about when you did yada, 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 yada. And the other one goes, that's not what I was talking about. I'm telling you, you did this, is this, this, this. All right. Well, that kind of talk is parent to child communication. Horrible, horrible way to talk to each other. And so a lot of people get into arguments because they're listening to each other, parenting each other. The fact is they just feel disrespected. And so it becomes, I'm going to be right. And they get into a drama, and it gets into a Broadway production. Sometimes it turns into an opera, and they never conclude the conversation. So what we're looking for is the adult. And the adult is assertive. Here's how the adult speaks. I'm very frustrated that you said this to me yesterday. I'm really sad. I'm really uh, angry. I'm I'm enraged about what you did. But all that is, is just communicating straight, talking to the emotions instead of demonstrating. And by doing that, we're able to hear each other and force each other to listen to our words rather than our tones. That is adult conversation. And that's where we want to be as uh, as people that are married. Adults having a conflict safely. Now, here's the other thing. The reason why we listen to tone is because as a baby, when we hear our parents say no, no or no, 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 no. What that means is boy, they're having to work hard to say no, so there's gotta be a yes in there. So we learn that tone is much more important than words by the time by the way our parents say no. Now, if a parent says no, and then the kid goes but, 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 and we say no means no, generally what happens it's called boundaries, and we want to have those. All right, now let's talk about forgiveness. Now, Forgiveness means that I am not going to attack what my wife did to me or her husband did to her. I'm not going to attack the violation. You know, you didn't call me. You didn't, you're two hours late, blah, 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 blah. I can't believe you did that. You're two hours late. Why are you two hours late? That's a horrible way to go. What we want to know is what happened? Are you okay? What took you so long? What happened? Why, you know, how did you decide not to call me? Um, basically what we want to know is the process leading up to the bad thing, not attacking the bad thing. Also, you know, what's extremely important, and we're going to talk about this because it leads to sexuality and that is body space between two people. And I don't know if you know much about body space, but it's generally beyond your, your arm reach is our body space. And when people enter that, we have a different reaction to them than when people are outside of our body space. We'll talk about that when we come back from our break. And that also will lead us to sexuality and love languages. Thank you for listening. Come right back.
3: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
4: Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you feel like sometimes you just don't know where to start with your health and fitness routine? Every week, you can hear from people who have been where you feel that you are right now and find out how they move forward and are living their best lives ever. It's called Lifestyle 360, and your host is Nicole Monier. Get inspired to take control of your health and your life. Tune into Lifestyle 360 every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific
3: Time on the Voice
4: America Empowerment Channel.
3: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the email host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology.
2: Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. All right. And we're going to talk about body space. Body space is so important. Here's the deal. Uh, average people in your life have a place where they belong outside of your body space. But the deal is your kids, your, your partner, your wife, your husband they need to be able to enter that body space on a continuous basis. That means hugging, kissing, holding hands, patting him on the butt, what, whatever it is, anything that you can do to enter that body space at least should happen in a relationship six to eight times a day. And I'm not saying that that should be sexual in nature, but what it needs to be is intimate. That means that you're welcome to me and I'm welcome to you. And that dialogue needs to continue on and on and on every day it's important it's so important to be able to have that space continually entered by each other because that tells us that i belong to you and you belong to me people that don't do that that are angry with each other that use sex as a power thing the deal is it it, it rarely ever is entered and it's sad because they're just two people standing away from each other acting like they're married and it's disgusting it should not happen it needs to be in a a continuous dialogue that hopefully will lead to a sexual experience uh it doesn't have to every time of course you know you know the woman's gonna go that's all he ever wants so he's just gonna be doing that all the time to get what but the bottom line is it's healthy it's flirting and it's needed it's needed, it reminds us that we're sexual, it reminds us that we have an animal nature, and it's something that we need to continue to embellish as we go into our relationship and as we keep it steady. The other thing is, we all have love languages. Now, if you ask yourself, what has my partner done that made me feel loved? What is the one thing they did that made me feel loved? I was felt so special when they did that. That thing you come up with will tell you what your love language is and a love language is a need not a want it is an absolute need and it's illogical by the way some people need to get gifts some people just need time together other people need deeds done can you clean the house for me can you help me get the dry cleaning can you do this that the other other people need touch they need a sense of touch on a continuous basis. Some people just need to feel heard by each other, listening. Do we, can we have a conversation for once in our life? You know, that sense of being able to talk to each other is love languages. And if you do not learn your partner's love language, they're going to think that you don't know who they are. And that's not cool. You do not want to do that. If you're going to be in a marriage, it makes no sense at all if you don't take the time to get to know your partner's love language. And you need to get good at it. Even if you're not good at it, get over yourself, learn about it, figure it out, and try Your best to meet your partner's love language. And once again, it's illogical. So to you, they may seem like a a whiner. All they want to do is talk all the time or all they want to do is touch all the time. Well, that's because that's what they need. And you got to stop defending yourself and start entering their world. Once again, it's illogical, illogical. The other thing is a lot of people in marriage just get by. They don't think about how important memories are. Memories are what will outlive us all. We can have money. We can have things. We can have all this wonderful stuff, but all of that's going to go away. Somebody else is going to own it. Nobody's going to care about you having it. And bottom line is what they do and how we live on is through our memories And so in life, if you forget to make powerful memories for your children, for your spouse, for yourselves, if you forget to do that, you're forgetting what that marriage is all about. And that is so important. The problem is, is that when you get divorced, all those memories oftentimes go out the window because nobody wants to hear about memories with your ex. So the deal is, you know, you want, when you're divorcing, you're also divorcing a lot of your past. And that also hurts your children because they can't talk about the great things that you guys did. That's another thing that is sacrificed when people don't work on marriage. This once again is the last chance at adulthood. Let's get to it. Let's grow up, step up and make it happen. You know, the quality of life means that you're willing to join your partner. And be fully present for them. We will make ourselves fully present maybe for our employer, our boss, someone we respect. But if you can't make yourself present for your partner, meaning available for them, how in the world do you expect your marriage to thrive? Being fully present means that I'm available to you. I'm here for you, and you're here for me. Let's enjoy each other's company. Four minutes a day, we talked about that earlier, four minutes a day is the average amount of time people spend together. That's absurd. We need to gain, we need to consciously go farther with that and and spend more time together. And it may be silent time. It may just be time holding hands or hugging, but that's all good. Now, here's another thing. In relationships, we have to be flexible and we have to be willing to do things sometimes that our partner likes more than we do, but that means that they need to do things that we like to do also, and that has to do with communication. If you don't have it, you end up doing things that one wants, but not the other. Um, this whining thing, you know, if people whine that they don't get what they want, you need to have adult flat communication. Look, I'm very frustrated. We're doing this all for you. I need to have my needs met, and that means that you're either going to be with me or not with me to do this other thing. And that's good. That's setting boundaries. Uh, You're basically saying, I'm going to go forward with me, with or without you. And you have to be willing to put yourself out there and put boundaries down on your partner so that they understand what you need, Uh, because otherwise, they'll just presume you're doing everything for them. All right, now let's talk about sexual affairs and emotional affairs. You know, it's another topic in another episode, and it's an entire episode as far as sex is concerned, but it is important to all committed relationships to have a sexual relationship. Sex can be all kinds of things. It, it, can, it can be foreplay. It could be after. It could be during sex. It, it could be just touching, just holding, but sex is a physical animalistic act, and it needs to take place in a relationship for it to thrive. It, it There's times that people go a long time without it. Stress can cause a lot of problems, but that means you need to tackle it. You need to take it on because that commitment to each other, that sexual commitment helps the relationship grow. If you starve that, then the person's always questioning, well, who are you thinking about? So here's the deal. Set a time. Set a time. And I know this sounds boring and ridiculous, but set a time we're going to have sex. On Wednesdays, whatever time you know five you know five o'clock ten o'clock whatever time set it and then have another backup let's say saturdays at whatever time and set that time okay so if we don't make wednesday we're going to make saturday you can't saturday is non-negotiable if you miss wednesday if you have a headache on wednesday (laughs) you better not have a headache on saturday that's a commitment to each other and by doing that you're able to introduce and make sure that you do have some kind of sex life here's another thing is, is drop love coupons you know three coupons each here's things three things that i want and here's three things that she wants or he, you know she or he or whatever and both of you have to agree what's on those coupons and so when you have sex introduce one of those coupons to each other and say guess what you're doing tonight Those coupons are very important because they break those boundaries and they also make sure that both of you get something out of the experience. But, you know, as far as marriage sex is, it's not kind of sex to be rated. You guys need to be able to discuss your sex life, but you also need to understand that in marriage it's a long course and there's a lot of things happening. And so sometimes one's into it more than the other, the other's into it more than that. The the other one... If you're both into it, that's a great experience, but you got to understand it's not always going to be fireworks. It's just more important to stay connected. Now, here's the thing you know, when people have sexual affairs, sexual affairs is oftentimes a sense of loneliness. Um, there's something wrong, it's a symptom that there's something wrong in the relationship. And it's usually that there's a power struggle on the sexuality between both people. Also, the most dangerous affair you can possibly have is an emotional affair. Because an emotional affair is bringing someone in emotionally between you of the opposite sex or of the same sex sex And that means that we didn't agree on this person and suddenly you've brought this person in. Now, these kind of affairs are horrible. Emotional affairs actually cause more damage in a relationship than physical affairs simply because... It's it's replacing your partner with somebody else emotionally. Here's the deal. Nobody should go between your relationship unless both of you agree on that person. If both of you haven't agreed on that person, then go to therapy if the other person won't get rid of their the, the other person or get rid of your partner. Because bottom line is they're violating that relationship. A physical affair, uh, emotional or a physical affair, is a violation of the contract of a relationship. And it means that you can call the relationship. And and that is very important. That means you guys are at a very strong red flag stage. All right, we're nearing the end of the show. So let me give you some differences in men and women. 14% of all we- all men, 25 to 34, live with their parents. 8% of women. A woman spends an average of two years looking at herself in a mirror and a man six months. Women's voices have more frequencies than men. It makes it much harder for the brain to analyze and interpret sound for the man. A woman speaks about 7,000 words a day and a man 2,000. What a woman, what women pay unbelievable amounts to get their hair cut. They do this. They pay unbelievable amounts to get their hair cut to look the same and a man can pay a pittance for a dramatic change. Okay, now, I hope I've given you some tools. Here's what we're going to discuss in later shows. My next show is going to be about depression and anxiety, discovering your inner zombie. Also, parenting, like herding squirrels. Divorce and step-parenting, the joy of thankless living. Sex and relationships, how to keep it up. Childhood issues, Prozac moments. Personality disorders, can't you find a UFL to haul your ass back home? And suicide, death, and grieving the art of living miserably. We're also going to do crisis intervention, religion, psychology, wellness, organizational psychology, and much more. We're going to have Dr. Nancy Bull, Dr. Wayne McAfee, and Pastor Chuck Boer of Crossroads in Corona, one of the largest, fastest growing mega churches in the United States. And they'll be special guests on, on my show. I hope that this has given you some tools to help you in your marriage. I hope that all of you will take a chance and uh, write me with questions or Twitter me. My email is drgb, Dr. Gary Bell, mft at or Twitter is at drgbmft. I would love to hear from you and get your feedback. Now remember is that a person that says their spouse can't take a joke forgets that their spouse took them
3: on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
1: Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of leadership development news. Hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning in to From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis, with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning, which occurs before one is aware. So, take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies, The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. or you can just click on the email host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to absurd psychology.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to take I've taken a question here that I've gotten, and I want to embellish that because it has a lot to do with uh, marriage. And it also plays into some other topics that I may be discussing on a later episode. But this is a good time to take some questions and get some information out to you guys. And and the question that I got was about drugs and alcohol. Now, you know, here's the deal. to To be a social drinker is one thing. You know, there's a lot of people who can handle their liquor and who just occasionally drink and it doesn't get into the middle of their relationship. However... You know, we need to understand what an alcoholic is or somebody that is a drug addict, because when those people are in a relationship, many times the alcohol or the drug replace the partner. And when that's happening and then the partner, let's say, is codependent. And and the question I had, it had to do with codependency. That codependent partner is allowing the person to disrespect them and to uh, basically put them in the corner and not cherish them, not respect them. That means that the drug or the alcohol is actually who they're married to first and then after that becomes the partner. So, you know, bottom line is, you know, an alcoholic, for instance, is somebody that drinks every day. I mean, if a person drinks every day and they can't get away from it, they can't put it down, they can't have days they don't drink, That means that they're likely an alcoholic. That's a good candidate for an alcoholic. But there's many people who drink very few times or just a few times, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, maybe once every three months, maybe, you know, once a year. But every time they drink, they can't stop. That means they have a genetic predisposition to alcohol and they are likely an alcoholic. They cannot stop themselves. Now, Here's, an, here's the sense of alcoholism that a lot of people do not understand. And I'm, I'm going to talk about drugs also. The deal is with alcohol. Alcohol was our purified water. It was the only safe thing people could drink. For thousands and thousands of years in the human race, alcohol goes back 10,000 years or more. And basically what happens is, let's say if you live in Russia you're going to have a lot of potato-based alcohol. That means vodka. Vodka is very strong. So those people are genetically predispositioned to vodka as their preferred drink. If they're in the Mediterranean, it's grape-based, but it turns into alcohol, and they use it, and that alcohol, once again, is addictive, and that's the type of genetic predisposition people have. The next thing is corn-based, wheat-based, rye-based. You know, beers are all corn-based, wheat-based, rye-based. Those, those, all those alcohols, especially corn-based is, is whiskey and bourbon and that kind of stuff. And, uh, I believe bourbon has a lot of, uh, sh- uh cane sugar in it. Uh, bottom line is, and rum, rum also has a lot of cane sugar in it, but the bottom line is these alcohols are in certain parts of the countries of the world. And in these places in the world, people have genetic predisposition from thousands of years back in their genes. Now, here's the deal. Prohibition in the 1920s is when water was purified. That means I could get pure water out of my sink. I could get pure water out in the bathtub. I didn't have to boil it anymore. That means there were public water. And that meant that prohibition was, let's get people off alcohol and let's get them drinking water because they don't have to go to the pub to drink say something safe. And so the deal is, we went through prohibition, which was silly, because they were trying to replace alcohol with water. And what happened is people rebelled because they had this genetic predisposition to alcohol that they had drank. And that's why there was pubs on every corner, is because that's where you could get something safe to drink. And and so bottom line is they turned it into a – people turned it into a social drinking, and that's when drinking truly entered the home. That means that people, all people, not just uh, the people that were wealthy – started to have their own bars in the home and they started to drink a lot and it really entered to the family domain to where kids are watching it and uh, then there was television. Television comes around so they sit in front of television instead of go to the bar and they drink. And so kids are now exposed to it. So we're in a different day and age but unfortunately we cannot get away from the genetic predisposition thousands of years of alcohol as our purified water. And you know here we are 80 90 years later and uh we think we can get away from it we cannot we cannot so the deal is we have got to take a fight against alcohol now drugs is another problem you know uh gateway drug is marijuana marijuana they the you know here here in uh southern california it's very common for you know other stuff like uh meth uh cocaine any any other drug drug dealers are selling to put that stuff into the marijuana so it induces it into the child's body and, and, or the person's body and then if they ever take meth or cocaine or whatever, they're going to likely be addicted to it. So if they get introduced to it at a party, but it's done through the gateway drug of the marijuana. So what, you know, we have to do is take this kind of stuff very seriously. You know, marijuana itself will stay in your system for over 30 days because it lives in fat cells and your brain's the fattest organ in your body. So, you know, if someone smokes marijuana, uh, it's going to be there for 30 days. You could test them for 30 days or more if it's from the Amazon or wherever. Uh, it's it's going to be even stronger and it's going to stay there. And, you know, the marijuana is not the marijuana of the 60s. It's very sophisticated these days. Now... Let's look at another thing that is called abuse. Uh, I have another question about abuse. And abuse is something that there's called a cycle of abuse. And the problem is that people become addicted to it. They go through a, what's called they lead up. They have the bad situation where there's either physical or emotional abuse, where there's yelling, Uh you know, they do something that's very disrespectful of their partner, especially in front of children. It's a horrible thing to watch because you're teaching your children this. The next thing is there's the honeymoon phase. After the abusive phase, there comes the honeymoon phase. It's called the cycle of abuse. So the honeymoon phase, oh, I'm so sorry. You're the greatest thing. I'm so sorry. This will never happen. I'm such a good person. You're so, I love you so much. There's great sex, all this wonderful thing. And the other person that's been abused is feeling like so euphoric and and incredible. But the deal is, is that they are craving that honeymoon phase. Then things kind of stabilize and then they start to get unstable. And then all of a sudden there's a buildup and then they start fighting a whole lot and then it leads to the violence again or the emotional abuse. And then there's a blow up and. Something horrible happens, and then all of a sudden, the abuser once again comes back to the partner, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again, I love you so much, I can't believe this happened, blah, 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 and the person takes him back. And once again, the addiction is that dopamine that happens during the honeymoon phase, and that honeymoon phase dopamine is much like the dopamine we have when we meet somebody new. And unfortunately, depressed people who are victimized by abuse are depressed and need to get treated, but they're also craving dopamine so bad that they will live with that honeymoon phase only. And that's a very sad thing. And, and so, you know, people that are in a cycle of abuse, the abuser has to be called out, not just by the spouse, but needs to be called out best in therapy. You know, because it, and, and it is a sad thing. And, you know, for me, I'm doing it for the kids. I'm doing it for all the people that have to witness it to call out the abuser and to face the fact that, hey, there's something wrong in this relationship. I want to thank you all for joining once again today. I took a couple of questions to add on to the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you uh, look forward to depression and anxiety, discovering your your inner zombie. That's next week. Thank you so much.
1: That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.
0: Friend Management.